up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. I don't I don't know how else to start other than hey Phil. Hey Chris. How's you comfortable? it going? I'm pretty comfortable over here. <laughs> yeah? No, I think I think I'm mostly comfortable. Oh see, yeah, I'm in like attire. This is not Zoom attire, but I am actually in some sweatpants that I got from Banana Republic and they're really, really quite cozy. Are you familiar with like this super weird subculture called See, I think it's called athleisure. Uh, I mean, not intimately, I guess. Well, right. I mean, but like you've heard of it. Yeah. Not intimately, I guess. I mean, I have now, I suppose. Okay. So like the whole like yoga pants out in public, like running errands and yoga pants. That's fine. That's like totally cool. It's comfortable. Sure. Whatever. It like completely launched into like this designer sweatpants wear like you can get a pair of gucci sweatpants for like a thousand dollars and it's like apparently totally acceptable to wear at a dinner party that's ridiculous i i don't mm, i don't know how i feel about that if we're gonna be honest whatever yeah. if it's we're fine. being honest whatever i mean it like kind of makes it, me it, think of like the lumber sexual movement sure yeah, yeah yeah maybe i guess i mean like i, I can imagine you know, like what the skinny you're talking jeans about. and the flannel shirt and the beard yeah yeah yes I still don't know how I feel about this whole, like, just wearing whatever you want, whatever you want, like a homeless person. I mean, it's... Like Pete Davidson. Yeah, that guy. Living example of 2020. For real, yeah. I don't know what that means, but... Did you know he was on, like, some sort of remake for It's a Wonderful Life? I feel like somebody once told me that. Like, I don't know, just a a friend of mine mentioned that not too long ago. Yeah, it was like... um, Like an hour ago. I feel like it was like one of those live recordings on NBC or yeah, something. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. Like a weird, I mean, weird I, stuff. Okay, so like I vaguely, I vaguely remember hearing about that, but I don't remember it being this, I was going to say this American life. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> well, that's the Jimmy Stewart guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, that's what he was doing, right? Yeah, he played Jimmy okay. Stewart's character. What, right. what is that case? That feels oh, man. slightly like an abomination. It me crazy when I can't think of names. Yeah, it was an abomination to the classic this American Life classic. I'm Ira Glass. Stay with us. I can't do his voice, obviously, so I didn't even try. No, it's more of like, my Glass, stay with us. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Though that's why I didn't try, because I can't do that. I don't <laughs> have the skills of Philip Glass over here. This episode episode's off for a doozy, uh, blah, 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 words, Ira Glass. This episode is off to a great start. It's a doozy. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was a way that we could, like, starter this over okay i can get down with that maybe phil like like um so bad i'm gonna make a yeast of these joke you should if only we could starter this over and and maybe like try and give the the second take like a little bit of lift and and prove that what else you got and, and and prove that like we can actually do this phil Keep it coming. Maybe you should the be proving, the one to the, write the, the proving. copy that, for that these was the episodes. Next one. Cause those three. Those three, Phil. Proof. Those three. I, that was yeah. that was for our, our uh, British audience. They'll they'll probably get that one. They will. I love that we have a British audience. Well, as much as I love your puns, you're a punny guy. 
Mm. That's what I like mm. most about you. Yep, yep, yep. I, I don't know if anybody can hold a candle to you, Phil, but yeah, yeah. So, Brad, we're talking about Brad. Oh, which is obviously what we're talking about. I mean, it would have been more obvious if I could have gotten one of my uh, yeast of these comments in. But yeah, I think I think we got there. Bread. Well, that wouldn't have made any sense at all because the specific bread that we're mentioning today doesn't actually use yeast. It does, though. Well, I mean, not like in the in the in the packet form. Correct. You're right. It doesn't in the in the way that I think most dudes in their 30s, like you and me. Think of as yeast. It doesn't use like prepackaged yeast. Correct is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like um, the so, Fleischmanns. Is that that brand? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Uh, so yeah. maybe, maybe first of all, like we should talk about like what what bread consists of in general before we dive into sourdough, which is what we're going to talk about. Some good old sourdough. Just like you know, in case what, you what are one of those people that bread? reads Let's the title see. of the episode. Because that means I have to put that title in. <laughs> I would have anyways. Okay. So what makes up bread? Obviously, we've got we've got some flour. And yes. there's lots of different kinds of flours. I mean, you've got lily and you've got <laughs> carnation and... The sad thing is I was going to go there. <laughs> Where are you? Oh, man. It's so a joke. Uh, no, no, no. It's better so, coming from you because that was Lily of the Valley. Bad. Hey, have you heard of the corpse flower? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. There's one up at the like botanical once, gardens. There is like once every seven years it blooms and it like clears yes, the room. Do you, do you, do you know its uh, scientific name? No, but do you? You sh- sure I haven't sent this to you? Okay, so like its its scientific name is Amorphallus titanium. Titanium. Okay. Amor Amorphallus titanium. Sounds Latin. Yeah. No, it is. It totally is. You know, like like Titan, like giant. Amorphous, without without form or misshapen, phallus. You know, you can put it together. That, that's like literally its right. scientific name. Anyway, <laughs> bread, bread. Okay, so you've got your flour, and yes. you have some water, naturally, some salt, and then you've got some sort of like leavening agent. If we're talking about leavened bread, obviously, which we are. Yeah, and you know that that can be yeast or that can be. I guess if you're like you're making soda bread, it can be baking soda or whatever. But with sourdough, it it's pretty critical on on what that yeast looks like and how that process comes together. Yeah. You might okay. Say. So, do you want to talk for a second about what that rising agent more or less does? Let's do it. Okay. So, I'm in, um, I'm in like Flynn. I mean, we, we we have several different options that we kind of mentioned there. There's there's kind of like your your baking soda type rising agent, right? Yep. And then you have more of your yeasted rising agent. Okay, so like if you were to describe from a, not necessarily like a, a scientific level, but like from a what it's actually doing, how would you go about that? Oh, shoot. Like scientifically put well, me on the spot like that? I mean, like, I mean, okay. it's giving it lift. It's so like when we're talking about that, it's like increasing the volume of the dough kind of. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously they're all going about it different ways because they're different types of lifting agents, right? Mm-hmm. So baking soda, which is not what we're going to be talking about, but. Right. So baking soda is basically creating a chemical reaction with the acid in the base and like Mentos in a Diet Coke. Yes, yeah. yes. I was, it, I was thinking more like, lift. Give it you, some know, rice. you know, like the, the like baking soda and vinegar volcanoes that you'd make when you were little or you should be making with your kids now. I don't know. Oliver's only five months old as of yesterday, so he's not quite to that stage yet, but tomorrow maybe. Dude, he would, 
He would giggle so hard if he saw that. Maybe. I mean, he, he's at the stage where he laughs at everything, which is freaking adorable, first of all. Uh, second of all, yeah, like, so it's, it's, it's that reaction that creates gas that then creates separations in the dough and causes it to rise. That's why you see holes in it and all of that. And so yeast is pretty much doing the same thing, right? It is, yeah, but with yeah. bacteria. Yeah, so like that, that's, I guess, literally what yeast is, is like an organism. It's like this bacteria deal. And, and honestly, like it's, it's pretty much the same thing. It's, it's super, super close to brewer's yeast, baker's yeast is, right? I mean, it's from the, the tiny, itty, itty, itty bit that I know. This is me yeah. nodding. So, I mean, it's like it's, it's pretty much doing the same thing as like fermenting some type of adult beverage, I guess. Right. I mean, that bacteria is taking like. I was just thinking of the corpse flower. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. What about it, Phil? Nothing. Just the just the lift, the, the rise. Yep. Yeah, it's special. It only happens once every seven years or so. I don't know. Tighten them, Phil. But yeah, no, it's like pretty much the same thing as like uh, an adult beverage where the the yeast is, it's more or less eating sugar that exists in in uh, either like, you know, say like a beer or, or wine, like some type right. of sugar. And then it's from that producing alcohol and carbon dioxide, which it's is fermenting. What fermenting is totally. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. like bread, that's kind of the same thing that's going on, right? With yeast. Sure. Sure. And that carbon dioxide is, is kind of doing the same thing as like what uh, baking soda might do. It's that gas that creates some some gaps in the dough and causes everything to like rise and expand. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, Chris. Well, then what, what makes sourdough specifically sourdough? Like what's unique about that? Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like, maybe we mentioned this before, but I kind of feel like the, the name sourdough and maybe what we associate with sourdough is a little bit. A little bit of a misnomer overall. Yeah, it's misleading. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like growing, okay, so growing up, I always used to think that that sourdough was, you know, the type of bread that you can buy from the store that tasted literally sour, that had right. like just kind of like a funky off taste. It was always like this white bread, super crusty. And honestly, that's, I don't know. Like I've, I guess I've had a lot more sourdough lately as I've gotten older. And it's been interesting to try and learn a little bit more about like what it actually is. So like really the big difference between sourdough and non-sourdough is kind of where that yeast comes from, where non-sourdough comes from kind of prepackaged yeast. Sourdough, it's using often what might be called a starter, which contains naturally occurring yeast. So like yeast from the environment. Honestly, this is going to sound kind of gross, but the type of yeast that's used in bread as opposed to like brewer's yeast, they're 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 super similar. But the type of yeast that's used in bread actually often is like like it grows on people. So <laughs> where? Just like on your skin. So okay. so there's this I mean, it is kind of like literally true, but like the yeast in a starter, the yeast in a bread. It's a part of the baker. Like it, it it's just all weird and kind of gross when you really think about it. But that's like the big difference is it's naturally leavened. So the yeast is naturally occurring like environmental yeast as opposed to, you know, something that you can buy in a little packet. And that's like really yeah, but the when you're making, big difference between the two. When you're making this starter, it does have like a little bit of a sour smell to it, at least in the first couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I think there are a lot of things that you can do to either like enhance or downplay that sour taste. I mean, if, if that's something that you like, there, there are definitely things that you can do with your starter that will 
bring that out in in your finished loaf more. So yeah, like maybe even just the type of flour. Yeah, no, I, th- I think I think the type of flour like plays plays a role. The type of flour, how old your starter is, how warm your starter is kept. Like there's so many so many little factors that can influence it. Even like with an early starter, you can get this, I guess they call it hooch, but you can get this like liquid that forms on the top of it. So it's like a mix of of water and I guess it would be alcohol technically because it's an off product of the yeast, but it forms on the- I think that's where the- term hooch actually comes from yeah probably if you mix that back in it's going to be more of a sour starter than if you pour all of that off so yeah i mean there there are a lot of different things from all of that to like the temperature that you keep your starter at but then even within the dough itself there are things that you can do to either enhance or downplay that that sour taste sure and sourdough is really quite remarkable. Like you mentioned, one of the things had a, you know, one of the things you could do to enhance that sour flavor or decrease it might have something to do with the age of the sourdough itself or the age of the starter. Yeah. And did you know, Chris, that I I heard somewhere that there's like, there's actual sourdough that you can get from like the Oregon Trail days? I guess that doesn't, that doesn't honestly surprise me. Yeah. Like there, like there's one starter that has just been kept up and. Yeah. Cultivated and living since then. Yeah. Cultivated. Cultivated is probably the right word. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, so here's a quick question, Phil. We've been talking about the starter. So if we're making bread, we've got water, flour, and uh, Mm -hmm. some type of leavening and rising agent and salt. So, you know, sourdough is naturally leavened. So we use the starter as that agent as opposed to like packeted yeast. So like, how do we get to that starter point? Sure. So I'm no expert, but I did just do this for a very special person in my life. I thought it'd be fun to do a little sourdough starter for, for my wife's birthday. Oh, I was getting um, excited thinking that you were going to send me some sourdough. I could. Do you, <laughs> I can get it started and then I can just like throw it in a Ziploc bag maybe. <laughs> I, I was expecting baked sourdough. I would expect you to drink the hooch if I did that. Well, that might be okay. illegal to send that in the mail. Maybe, Actually, maybe. Well, we should get our producer to check. I, either way, mail. either way, happy birthday, Ashley. Absolutely. So, yeah, you really just need like a mason jar or or any jar of any kind. Mason is all that we had lying around, and you throw some water in there and some rye flour, or at least in the case that we used was rye flour, and you let it sit overnight. And that's, that's step one. And there's like measurements and, you know, going back to like how important it is to use a scale, you absolutely have to use a scale to measure out your ingredients for a sourdough starter. It's like perhaps more important now than ever. Yeah. Like that's, that's day one. And then day two, you know, without getting too technical into like what those ratios are necessarily, you're going to remove some of that initial starter that you have uh, and then discard it. And then you're going to replace what you've discarded with some fresh flour. And, or in our case, a mixture of rye flour and white flour. And then you let that sit overnight. And then day three, you kind of do the same thing. You remove some of it, you replace it with fresh flour. And then suddenly it's day four. And then you, you kind of get into like doing it twice a day. Instead of every 24 hours, you're, you're feeding your yeast, or rather you're feeding your sourdough starter with, with fresh flour every 12 hours. And... After about a week or so of kind of going through this fun little process, you've got yourself 
a nice little concoction that you can bake. Did I do that justice, Chris? Does that sound right to you? Yeah, and I think I think there are a couple of things that are like kind of key there. It's just the fact that like starters need to be fed. I'm like ultimately you're cultivating like a living thing. Um, like you you're you're just creating this nice little community of yeast. Uh, it could be a sticker, I guess. And they need to be fed. Yes, that's gonna continue for the life of your starter, really. The feeding process. And there's like a rise and a fall that goes along with it each day, and that's kind of fun. Just to you know, kind of see that process through in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a visual thing. Like you see the starter kind of bubble and ferment and. Which is why a mason jar or really a glass jar of any kind is kind of key. So you can, well, like I said, see that, see that process visually, you know, there's a really, really great blog that I found called theperfectloaf.com. And I mean, I'm sure that you probably have a thousand other ones that you would go to, especially given your mywife.com. You know, you're exactly. But it's by this guy named Maurizio, and Maurizio is actually a pretty well known baker. He's got a really nice Instagram, actually, where he just kind of posts pictures of beautiful bread that he's made. Anyways, he's got this blog post that I'll put in the show notes on really easy steps on how to how to make a healthy starter, a healthy sourdough starter. So yeah, it's kind of what I use to learn the process, and I, I thought it was pretty easy, pretty simple. It's like a it's like a seven day starter or seven step starters. So anyways, nice. I'll put that in the show notes. Nice. And so I mean that that's like the first step in uh the sourdough process. That's the first step Maybe. and it's really cool because it's like it's how it was done like six thousand years ago. Like the Egyptians were doing this in the exact same way. And I don't know, I, I kind of feel like a little bit of solidarity with like how it was done all those years ago. Like there's something so special about that. Yeah. No, I definitely think there's something interesting. It's even just kind of like uh, what we were talking about with Stacy, just the connection to something beyond you and and behind us. And so the next time you're looking at your sourdough starter and you start to see these bubbles and they are kind of, you know, like giving this visual lift and this rise and this fall, you can just be like, Nero, is that you? Maybe some bacteria off his hand. So gross. Everything rises and falls on the Roman Empire, Chris. Okay, so what's like? What are the next steps? Because I, you know, I'm not there yet. I mean, we just we just did the starter. So how do you use it afterward? Like once you have, is it? I mean, is it still called a starter? Sure. Yeah. I mean, After like, it's ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So what's next? You make a dough out of it, Phil. You make some bread. I mean, that's the end goal here, right? I suppose. Do you do you work it in though? Like if you if you take say I don't know like 75 grams of it, do you work that into raw dough? Like, I mean, I'm sorry, raw flour? Or do you just make it out of what you've pulled out from the starter? Wait, what do you mean just make it out of the starter? Well, like if, you, if, if you've if you got it in a mason jar, right? Yeah. Mason jar is not that big. No. So you pull some out of that and the you starter, make a loaf yeah. out of it. That's not going to be a very large loaf. No, no, no. I mean, you're treating it like you're treating it like the yeast that you pulled out of the packet, more or less. Like you've you've created an environment okay, for yeast right. to live in. So you're still making so that a you're... full on dough right, with right. with okay. water and flour and salts, and then the starters being added. You know, I don't know the exact ratios off the top of my head, but um, like it's still that whole process going on. <laughs> like corpse flowers. How dumb you would like what would happen? <laughs> right, if you just baked the starter <laughs> you just baked the starter right like what, what would that even look like i'm not sure i want to know phil 
He doesn't give you idiot. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest. I'm not the foremost expert on this, but it does seem like a lot of the process of making bread is, is just giving time for the starter to ferment. So you go through the process of making your dough and then you let it sit and ferment and then you can like fold it a bit and then let it sit and ferment and then fold it and let it sit and ferment. And then I guess if you're making like a larger batch, you can divide it and then shape like your bread. And then it goes on to like the proving phase or proofing phase, which is again, like more fermentation. And when you see your dough start to rise, really what's happening is the yeast is is fermenting like the, the sugars or carbohydrates in the dough and producing carbon dioxide, which is literally just like blowing up your dough. So it's it seems like a lot of the process is about like giving the yeast the right like time and space and environment to, to process life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is so like what this, I feel like I need more of. Sure. We all need we, a slow we, prob- we probably all do. My wife always says nothing ever good comes from being in a hurry, unless you're an F1 driver. Yeah, yeah. She's going to hate this, by the way. We were making dinner the other day, and we were both hurried and just super stressed out. And then, like, the kids were what, was it know, almost like to, like, be involved. And, was it almost like Peyton Manning was in your living room? Hurry, hurry. Um, you're making dinner. Sorry. Oh, well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, we were in a hurry, and we were making the Omaha steaks, you know? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're in and a like, hurry, that should be that should be their slogan. If you're, if you're in a hurry, Omaha. Yeah, they really dropped the ball on that one. It'd be too late now. Nobody would get it. I, I, think, I think the idea endures, Phil. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it's nice to not be in a hurry when you're making dinner so that you can be a good parent because— when I'm in a hurry making dinner, I don't feel like I'm a great parent. But what I was going to say about the sourdough, Chris, is that it's really not something that you have to have a lot of time on your hands to do. It does take a long time, but each day, I mean, it takes like five minutes out of your day, you know, and you've yeah. got to be consistent with that. But it's, I think, another one of those things where, you know, you put up these mental blocks in your head, like you, you can't do it. It's too hard. That's that's not for me, you know. We'll leave that up to the experts. But I don't know. It's it's, it's just really not that hard. It's something worth trying, and I would I would hope that our lovely listenership would would give it a shot. Our yeast community. Uh, uh, they could be like our fans, like the Dad's Kitchen yeasties. I was actually trying to think of one the other day because <laughs> you know how Armchair Expert has the cherries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, what could what could go with Dad's Kitchen? Maybe maybe Chris Lilly could be the inaugural yeasty. Chris Lilly of the Valley, the Yeasty Boys. Their their tagline can be "Don't get infected." It's a good one. Well done. Do you remember that show? It was like the most extreme elimination challenge. I think I vaguely do remember this. It, it, it was it was something like a Japanese game show that was dubbed. Yeah, for the U.S. audience. I don't even remember what station it was on, but their like slogan was "Don't get eliminated." That's what I was thinking of when I was thinking like the Yeasty Boys. Don't get infected. Do you have a sourdough starter in your house right now? Gotta be honest, we don't. We don't. Maybe it's in the cards for this year sometime. I mean, you can you can do it once a year. I've heard of some people like starting a new one each year, or you can just kind of keep one going. From what I've read, like there's there's not really necessarily any advantage to having a sourdough starter that's been going on for like 20 years versus a few months. I mean, like you you might have some subtleties there with like, Maybe some differences in flavor, maybe some tang or whatever. But yeah, by and large, if you're if you're pretty new to the sourdough world, I don't know. At least for me, I don't know if I would be able to 
really pick up on much of a difference. I'm not what you would call a grizzled veteran when it comes to breads. One day, Phil. Do you steam your sourdough? I've heard to do it, yes. I'll keep that one in mind. Any bread, really, actually. Yeah, just like a... We've been making our bread in our Dutch oven, and it's like so perfect every time. Yeah, I mean, that or even just a cast iron skillet could totally work. We, we, did, we did a soda bread in a cast iron skillet, and I thought that worked out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to have something fancy, but I mean, the Dutch oven works great as well. But yeah, something like a Pyrex or even like a baking sheet of water at the bottom rack. Like early on, kind of in the first like quarter or so of the bake will apparently help. Actually, help with that rise even more, I guess. Well, I'll I'll give an update. We just started our starter and we're maybe, I would say in like maybe 10 or 12 days or so, we'll probably have baked something out of it. So I'll let you know what we used and what we could have done differently. Uh, some level, I feel like there's really a ton that we could dive into in bread, but that seems to be... At least a good like overview. At least what sourdough is kind of to some extent a little bit non-committally. Sure. Yeah. And if we've inspired you, you've got to leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's so easy. Or jump over to Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Twitter if you want. At Dad's Kitchen Co. Talk to us. Show us your sourdough starter and just let us know that we're not alone in this world. And be our yeasty. You know how they have, like, besties? There's got to be, like, some type of besties, friend, bracelet, necklace thing. Could make one of those. Okay. But obviously it's yeast. Yeah, like the charm bracelets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeasties forever or something? I don't know. It's terrible. We could be yeasties forever. Yeasties forever.